0: Welcome to the Work Wonders podcast, where we simplify HR for small business. I'm Angela. And I'm Susan. Let's dive into today's episode and see what you've been wondering about. Today it's interview time and we're delighted to introduce you to our guest, Denise Heath from the Nepean Area Disabilities Organisation, she's the CEO there, she's got some very interesting work history and some unique insights to share with us, especially about their application of becoming an employer of choice. We're strong believers in learning from other people directly where possible, rather than reading a book or attending a course, I guess that's why this podcast exists. So in today's episode, we're going to talk to Denise all about her career journey and what she's learnt along the way. So let's get started. This is the Work Wonders Podcast.
1: Well, it's lovely to welcome you here
2: today, Denise. Thank you for having me. I'm really glad to be here.
1: Now, I know Denise because I'm on the board of NATO But I don't really know that much about your background, Denise, and how you came to be CEO of NATO. I know you've been doing it for a long time.
2: Yes, um, unlike a lot of people in the workforce these days, I have been at NATO for a long time. I started in 2005, which is a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I've really grown with the organisation and I joined the organisation when it was very much smaller. So I've had the opportunity of working there and growing organisation and growing my own skills.
1: So can you tell us a bit about
2: what's changed at NATO in the time that you've been there? There's been a lot of changes at NATO. Uh, When I started, it was funded by the state government and um, so our services were very stable and we were able to grow incrementally, which was a very – well, now I realise it was a much more relaxed way of of leading an organisation – However, when the NDIS started, um, our business became more commercial and uh, more of a marketplace and more competitive. And so the different skill sets had to come to the fore and much more of running a business, I suppose. But more than that, it was actually identifying what people with a disability wanted from us and meeting those needs.
1: So I can imagine over that period then, you've had to grow in
2: terms of your commercial skills uh I think your background was in HR, is that right? Um, No, not specifically. Um, In fact, my background was in disability services, but I grew up through the ranks, if you like. So Mm -hmm. I had um, positions as coordinator and manager and then group manager. And I had a number of experiences with several different employers. And I felt ready to take the next challenge, which was leading a small organisation, And then I was able to grow through the growth of that organisation, NATO.
1: So that's um, something that I think a lot of our listeners could identify with, even if they're in a small business, is that they grow as the organisation grows. I've certainly always thought that running an organisation is the best personal growth
2: (laughs) exercise you can go through. In fact, I'm not quite sure if it's harder to run a small organisation than a bigger (laughs) organisation because when you run a small organisation, you have to have a number of hats on Mm -hmm. and obviously one of them is HR. And so then as the organisation grows, you can then have the skill set come in and really you see the difference that makes when you employ people who are expert at their field rather than just have touch points across everything. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, Denise, can you tell us a little bit more about what NATO does, especially for your clients?
2: Yes, so I start with um, NATO in its development. So it began in 1980 by a group of families that were looking for more organised support for their adult children who had disabilities. And over the time, they became more organised. They got a little bit of funding and it grew organically, I guess, from there. Um, so it's, it's really been a long time in the community And it's become well known for the recreational services, the children's support for children with disabilities and day programs. And more recently, we've branched into accommodation services and short-term accommodation, which is the new term for respite. So there's quite a spread of services, including new services that have come under the NDIS, such as support coordination and plan management. And so we've got a wide range of skill sets. Currently we have around 250 employees. The greater majority of those employees are disability support workers, so working to support people with disabilities to achieve their life goals.
0: And NATO has applied to become an employer of choice or recognised as an employer of choice. Uh, would you tell us a little more, Denise, about why NATO chose to apply for that?
2: Yes. First of all, it was a suggestion from my board president, Percy Madden. And he comes from a a more commercial business level. And really, I felt that was the domain of employer of choice was more in that commercial business and large commercial business. Uh, But when we looked into it more, we felt that we probably had the credentials to give it a go. So on that journey, we went through a survey called The Voice Project. And through that Voice Project, which is an external survey, we found that we had really high satisfaction with our staff on a number of measures. We also used the voice project to survey our staff through the COVID period and we did COVID check-ins. I think the learning from those surveys is that you can't assume that your workforce is all happy, even though people you see look happy. Getting an external survey done really does give you a better insight into how your workforce is feeling about your organisation. So it was very reassuring to get such positive results from that survey and as again, as I said, the COVID check-in surveys were another way of assessing the workforce um, because it was a really difficult period, particularly through the Delta I- infection time. So between the survey that we had through the VOICE project and the confidence that gave us about where we sat with our, Im- our workforce, we did give the employer of choice a go so we applied for it. They did their own survey of our workforce and we also had to develop a culture survey that they assessed us on. So I suppose the good news about that process was that we achieved an Employer of Choice Award. Congratulations, (laughs) that's wonderful. It was in September 2021, so still fairly recently. And can you tell
0: us a little more about what was involved in the application process?
2: Well, as I mentioned, the application process involved a survey that they did, an independent survey. I I guess our staff feel surveyed to death at this point, (laughs) but importantly, I think they also feel that they are being heard and that the way they feel or their suggestions for improvement are heard and they they are acted upon. Uh, That was a really important part. The second part was the culture survey. What was involved in the culture survey was going over a number of elements of our workforce strategy. And, of course, top of the line is the training and development. So we have a good training and development process. We start with a core training matrix and we look at every role in the organisation and make sure that each of those roles is receiving the training that they need. What we also have is online training so, we have a system or a portal where our staff can go online, they can read policies, they can do short courses. So, as well as that, we also have partnered with TAFE, and through TAFE, we have a number of courses that we've been running, whether that's leadership, certificate for in disability, certificate for in mental health. So, we've gradually been putting our workforce through a number of different and higher level training. Having said that, the disability support workers still rate knowing about the different disabilities as their preferred training. So on our portal, we have online training, and that's covering different disability types and the best way of working with a person with whatever disability they have.
1: I'd have to say that in my experience with any sort of business, it's often that technical knowledge, which is how you would describe what you're talking about, that's it's the hardest to come by when you come into a new role. So I can see why you know, that would be appreciated.
2: Yes, because um, everyone's different. Everyone is on a different pathway. They may have learnt more in different things. So there's no average person or average disability. You're learning about perhaps the, the features of a disability, but then you're learning how to communicate with that person um, and how to get the best out of them. So
1: you've covered up on the training and development part of your culture survey.
2: What else was involved in that? Well, what they're really interested in is how we reward and recognise our staff. So when we're looking at rewards and recognition, uh, we're looking at how we can acknowledge people who go above and beyond in the workplace. Um, And how we do that at NATO is we have an annual Employee of the Year Award So it's always a very tricky pathway with employee awards to make sure that they're fair and transparent. And so we think we have come across a a good system. We've been running it for a few years now. We do a quarterly award and those nominations come from the workforce itself. The management team select the quarterly winner and the management team don't know who that person is. So it's purely oh, okay. purely on their claims to, Merit, the, yeah. to the award. At the end of the year, we do an Employee of the Year award. So those four people that have won the quarterly awards then go back to the workforce and the workforce determine who the winner is. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Love it. So we do what we can. Mm. Um, so the training and development and then we do a, a recognition program. Um, But I think that overall the job itself is very rewarding Mm. and there's a lot of support for our staff who may be coming across lots of different situations. So there's a good support system within the organisation.
0: If you're enjoying today's content and you know of someone else who might benefit from it as well, why not tell them about our podcast? Simply mention the name Work Wonders Podcast and let them know. So NATO
1: achieved Employer of Choice in September last year, you were saying? Yes. Uh, Have you
2: been able to leverage off that yet in any ways? Yes. Well, look, the important thing for us is that it will help us recruit talent Mm. in a very tight market. Very tight. So we have very low unemployment, um, which makes the pool of applicants even smaller. So when we're looking at the NDIS workforce... And the need to recruit 84,000 new people into the NDIS workforce by 2024. Wow. You do wonder how you're going to do it. Yeah. Not that NATO needs 84,000 people. (laughs) But it's representative as a percentage of what we need to do. So for us, we want to stand out. We want to stand out for good reasons. And we feel that having the employer of choice and using that as part of our recruitment strategy um, will hopefully, you know, help people decide on where they want to apply for a job. So we've only just started using that on our our advertisements and that together with our Great Place to Work accreditation, which I'll mention as well. You know, we, we feel that that gives us a standout on our advertising for the positions
0: That's a great thing because it will give people a real insight into the culture that you talked about. But I'm curious to also hear when that announcement was made, when you got that wonderful accreditation, the current staff that were already there with you, how did they take the news?
2: Oh, look, it was really wonderful because there is that opportunity for us to use it in marketing and externally. Um, Look, we got terrific feedback from our local members. We even got a mention in parliament. But it was even more rewarding that our staff felt recognised and part of something even better. You know, so that information about the whole workforce, how the majority of the workforce felt, I think gave us a real boost of confidence right throughout the organisation.
0: Yeah, and for it to be so important for you to make this step to go for that accreditation must have been such a great thing. It's such embedded in your culture by the sounds of it. Yeah, it does say a lot about the culture.
2: Yes, well, look, it was very reassuring because, yes, as I said very you know, early in the piece, you think you're doing pretty well. Mm. Your surveys are coming back, you know, better than you thought. Yeah. And um, just, to, just to keep going down that pathway and, and to keep getting that recognition, yeah, it does make you feel like you you're actually are doing the right thing because I suppose a lot of leaders think to themselves, is it enough? Am I doing enough? Am I going in the right direction? Sometimes it's hard to benchmark yourself against other organisations. And I think getting this accreditation, it's just like, yeah, okay, we'll keep going (laughs) down this pathway. I think we're onto something.
1: I think you've probably given some of our listeners some encouragement to try something like that too. So I believe that the next step for NATO is a great place to work, accreditation. Can you tell us a bit about that and what's
2: involved? Well, we actually did achieve a great place to work accreditation. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm a new board member. When did that happen? Oh, only a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> right. So, so, yeah, look, when it came to uh, we achieved the Employer of Choice Award, we wondered what would happen the following year because we thought, oh, do we need to keep applying, you know, uh, is this the way to go? You just don't want it to drop off the radar. Oh, no. yeah and we sort of felt that it was too soon to go through that big process again but there was another opportunity and that was with great place to work so we thought well it, it's perhaps more suitable for us to go down that pathway and and perhaps look at employer of choice again the following year because mm-hmm. you need to show you know that you're making good advances in your workforce culture And sometimes a year, you know, you haven't really done another big thing, and particularly with COVID. So we did go for Great Place to Work, and what was involved in that was, again, another survey. And the criteria for achieving Great Place to Work accreditation was having the majority of your staff rate you as good to very good. So we achieved that. That's great. Yes. And so then there's another step with Great Place to Work and um, that is Great Australian Workplace. Now, what's involved in that is then another culture survey about what you do. You know, As I mentioned before, with the employer of choice, it's probably similar to that. Mm-hmm. And we're currently going through that process at the moment. So it sounds like
0: these different accreditations and different things you're going for are really helping you to provide that benchmark like you're saying so that you know you're on the right track, you're doing the right thing, not just hearing it from your staff that are already there but also hearing it from someone objective outside the organisation.
2: Is that right? Oh, look, absolutely. And look, we're not doing it for the accreditation Mm. but um, it's certainly been a focus point. The philosophy behind it for me is that to be able to provide a great service, you, you've got to have your staff not only happy, but well trained and professional and properly supported. And then you're providing a good service. Yeah. So that's the basis of the whole thing. And to know that we are doing that has the flow on effect of people with a disability liking what they receive from NATO is, you know, ultimate importance to us. Yeah, lovely. Absolutely.
0: Denise, I wonder is there one thing that you would like our listeners to be able to take away today, maybe some little gold nugget of knowledge or something around managing your staff or the culture in your organisation?
2: For me, I feel there's value in the long game and I feel there's value in retaining your workforce, training your workforce, believing and developing them because you never know what the potential of somebody is until you're given time. And if you can, if people are happy and stay in the role and you're continually developing them, you know, you're moving towards something great.
0: I'm getting a yeah, little goosebumps old. here. I love your answers. It's really
2: inspiring, yeah. actually.
1: <laughs> I love that, Denise, because sometimes that's what we forget. Time is actually the secret ingredient often, especially um, in disability services, isn't it? You can't have people coming in and out and sort of chopping and changing all the time but I've seen how wonderful your staff are with the participants in the programs and it really shows that you you put effort into developing them and I was amazed at the skills that I was able to see just even on those short visits.
2: Look, I'm not taking away from the fact that you can learn and develop And you do learn and develop through different organisations and different work experiences. Um, But to get that confidence in people, you know, it is the long game and the belief in people and um, seeing what they can do when they have the confidence and the training.
0: Denise, is there, if our listeners would like to support NATO, is there anything more that you'd like to tell us around things that you've got happening or ways that we can uh, be involved?
2: Well, actually, uh, what I hadn't mentioned was that NATO started some new service types and one is called the Sensory Store, which has got a, a, a range of sensory tools for young fidgeters. We also opened a new service called Share My Ability and that's a sensory activity centre based in Penrith. So we're finding that is a real boon to families because there's something for everyone. The whole family can go. Whilst it's accessible for people with a disability, siblings are enjoying the equipment just as much and the mums and dads, of course, can have a coffee in our cafe there. We've got uh, a lot of presence on social media, so you're welcome to follow us on NATO or Share My Ability or Sensory Store <laughs> and, uh, we, you know, we welcome your support. Well, thank you, Denise. You're welcome. I've really enjoyed talking about the employer of choice and great place to work. And of course, I've enjoyed talking about NATO. And it's
1: been great for us to hear about it. So we hope you got some helpful takeaways from today's interview, all the things that Denise has shared with us. Is there anything that stood out for you? Make sure you let us know. We really value your feedback. You'll find the complete show notes from today's episode on our website, including some links to NATO so that you can check them out further. We've got many more guests already booked for the podcast and we're open to more suggestions. So if you have any ideas, please get in touch.
0: Listening to the Work Wonders podcast. Today's episode brings us to the end of our first series. We've been delighted that we've achieved our first 20 episodes so far. We appreciate you listening in and we hope it's been helpful and a little entertaining. Why not leave us a review on whatever app you're listening to us on? We've got many more guests coming your way next season and lots more topics to share, but why not let us know what you would like to hear about in the next season? You can either send us a message on our LinkedIn page, Work Wonders Podcast or our website, workwonderspodcast.com.au. Season two will begin in October. We look forward to
2: talking to you again soon.